Welcome to another edition of the Untitled Film Project Podcast, because all the other names were taken. I am your host, Jim Chandler, along with... Justin Bradford. Jeremy K. Gover. And today we are talking about Jurassic World Dominion, <sighs> the supposedly last film in the franchise uh, that uh, brings us uh, to a point that uh, we came to from the previous movie where dinosaurs are running amok in the a modern muck, a world. Muck, a muck, a muck. <laughs> and when they're tired, they walk amok or fly amok <laughs> or swim amok. Being in the theater and some of the the campiness, the cliches, the plot holes, you're going to figure out really quick, I did not enjoy this as much as I wanted it to. And for it being the final, supposedly, episode of the Jurassic Park series, could be like Fast and Furious and go on and on and <laughs> yes. on, I was, I was expecting a little bit more closure, I was expecting a little more dino battles or just dinosaurs in general and not freaking locusts being the focal point of the movie but i was expecting so they many dino locusts i mean genetically fairness. modified just, dino locusts fairness. they were just bigger in fairness look at look at gover trying he's like, trying to be fair here honey i shrunk but, the wheat field oh my god they were just bigger locusts but just there there it was long it was also a very long movie. It was so long that it actually gave my wife like a headache and put her in a bad mood <laughs> because the expectation is like, oh, the fun di- the dinosaur movie, like the first Jurassic Park, even Jurassic World 1, I think it was a good turn your brain off, enjoy dinosaur movie because there's you know things are going to go wrong. Sure. Because of course, that's what this is about, right? That's why we came. For me, even turning my brain off, I could not turn it off enough to fully enjoy this film because of all the things they forced into it, a forced nostalgia, a forced cliches, a forced so many things just to make it work. That's why I didn't enjoy it. I mean, the one that made me go, come on, was when the T-Rex was walking into the circle and the shadow with the th- with its mouth open and all of a sudden it's the logo. It's like when Ooh. you say the name of the movie in <laughs> the script just to kind of put it in there. It's like, <laughs> we snuck it in. This was no sneak. There was no sneaking about this. It was like, you know what? I have a great idea. Let's put the logo in the movie and have the T-Rex perfectly place its head and in the shadow of the just circle. just a moment. And stop. Yeah. Just right there. Like That's one of the many things of the problems I had with this and I know people enjoyed it and there were some things that I liked but there's so much forced stuff in this that made me tune out instead of immerse myself into a fun dino flick Justin Bradford is disappointed Jeremy K Gover your quick take on Jurassic World Dominion I did not have a good time oh thank god <laughs> we agree what do you know that's my quick take it, it was not a fun movie in any way or did you did you come out uh, angry with the film? No, 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 I wouldn't say angry, but I, you know, and I went in with the bar low. You know, I, you know, I thought, okay, you weren't expecting much. It's just a summer blockbuster popcorn movie. Bradford used the term earlier, "turn your brain off." That's what I thought. Okay, sure, but it forced me to use my brain. <laughs> That's the problem. <laughs> Damn you, movie using my brain. Don't and make I don't mean me that. Think. I don't mean that in a good way. I, it was convoluted. The it plot was, was a mess. Yes. It was dialogue driven yes so every scene there seemed to be some sort of new caveat to the plot i'm like really are we just gonna go back and forth (laughs) and it was so aggravating and then i will say i this is not the perfect place for this topic but i'm gonna bring it up anyway because i don't want to forget it 
because okay. it really drove me crazy. Like I literally left the theater thinking about how bad it was. Oh my god! <laughs> Laura Dern shows up and she's had work done and that's fine. She looks, she just looks great. She looks great. Yeah. But when she shows up, she takes her glasses off in the in that that like, Spielberg esque. It's not Spielberg <laughs> movie, by the way. Just make that very clear. It's very right. obvious. It's not. But, it's, uh, but she, it's more but, CSI Miami. Take your sunglasses right, off. Right. But it's but it's that Spielberg esque, <laughs> Jurassic Park esque. I'm gonna crookedly remove the glasses off my face because I'm astonished at what I'm seeing. Yes. Thing and it was about the field, right? So she does that. And it shocked me how older she looks, but that's only because I hadn't seen her in anything other than like what was the Star Wars? Yeah, other than that. But it was like okay, whatever, right? So then, but here's here's where it gets to me. So she goes to see Doctor Grant at his place. Okay. Yep. And she walks in, and their very first line, other than their names, which by the way was also cheesy, was <laughs> she goes, Doctor Grant, you look the same. And then he doesn't return the compliment, and it just reinforces. <laughs> oh man, Gover! It was horrible. It set her up to look terrible. So if you didn't think so before, here's this moment where the the filmmakers are like, put it in. Let's yeah. not say you look great back or it's good to see anything. She's probably it's, losing sleep after seeing the final edit. The fact that he picked up on that though, this shows too how dialogue driven. It was go over like you, that stuck out to you, and that, I left the theater thinking about it. And that, that I was like, that "How was do you early. hang your? How do you hang when your stars out to dry like that?" But that was early in the mm-hmm. film too, and that stayed with you through all and it's the a, other mess. And it's a wide shot, by the way. They easily could have had him dub in something like "You look great," or 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 even you kind of too. a even kind of a nervous look, like she looks good too, or something <laughs> under his breath, something anything that would have been. But instead, it yeah. was like... How's divorce you, yeah, going? It was, <laughs> instead, it was, you look the same. And then nothing from him. And I was like, wow. Rudest moment in this year's in film In Jurassic history. Dinosaur okay. film history. All right. Jim, you saw it before the two of us did. I just remember you texting me. <laughs> <laughs> what, I want to know this, what your thoughts on this was. And if you're in the same boat... The as, movie is a mess. Okay. The movie is a mess. At, at times, I really enjoyed the thrill ride aspect of it, but there are way too many things going on here. We've got uh, the reunion of the original cast, which the chemistry, I think, is still there, even though it was a bit rushed. We have uh, you know, Laura Dern and Sam Neill. They meet up with, uh, with Malcolm, who's working for Biosyn, this evil tech company. You mean and Apple. Uh, Apple. It's what it uh, looked like. The dude looked like he's. He totally had a Tim Cook yeah. vibe going on, <laughs> and they did it well. Uh, <laughs> so they've got this thing, and you know, Laura Dern's character, Doctor Sadler, uh, is smart enough to learn that somebody has genetically modified locusts to eat the crops of the world, Locust. holding the world's food supply in you know total peril. But she's not <laughs> smart enough. To put on a seatbelt in the Jeep, <laughs> which she's about to roll over in. I, I'm like, how can you be that smart and that you're the smartest person in the world? You're the dumbest person in the world. Well, to be fair, there's a lot of people that are like that. Really smart, <laughs> dumb people. <laughs> That's true. And really dumb, smart people. As a, a, I mean, we see it a lot in just normal society. So that was the most so. realistic part of the movie. Yeah, <laughs> probably. Absolutely was. Uh, I I will say I am a mild fan of the Jurassic World franchise, which is also running concurrent storyline. We've got Owen and Claire, 
who are now caring in a almost like family-like uh, lifestyle out in the woods uh, with the clone of an earlier Jurassic scientist that they're caring for and hiding from the world. Uh, so we've got that whole clan and you know a whole bunch of Chris Pratt holding up his hand, talk to the hand, is some kind of dinosaur whisperer hand, which is a drinking game, I've heard, in some places. Every time he holds up his hand, take a drink. Um, uh, They do not have the chemistry that the original cast had. And uh, frankly, my most enjoyable, they're eventually their daughter, we'll call her, that they're caring for, is kidnapped by the evil Biosyn company as well. And they have to go and get her back. So we've got two movies going on there. Um, One of my favorite parts of Jurassic World Dominion was a new character, which was the rogue pilot played by DeWanda Wise. And she is the Han Solo of this movie. That woman has charisma. Uh, She is the... Not so nice person, but is really kind of nice, and when it comes down to it, saves the day. <clears throat> I could easily see her taking the next part of this franchise. Oh, Jim, don't. Along with uh, Jim, the cloned no. girl, uh, Maisie. Jim, and, no. Yeah, I, I just, no, she was the only highlight for me. I no. liked DeWanda Watts. Take it, Bradford. No, okay. It was a forced character, and how they put her in, because the my big problem was you introduce... Actors like Justice Smith and Daniela Pineda in the previous film as Dr. Z. Rodriguez and Franklin Webb. You introduce them, and they have such a minor role in this film. that They've moved on. They're on to different things. Right. Everyone's moved on. Saller's moved on. Grant's moved on. Everybody's moved on. Yeah, they come back. Why waste the talents, especially of Justice Smith? Because he's up and coming and doing so many things aside from Pokemon, yeah. uh, <laughs> which I really did enjoy that movie. But... You waste him as a character that you introduce, and if you have a rolling plot, why don't you continue to use those characters? And then you introduce a pilot, and nothing against her by any means at all. It's just you're introducing a whole new char- a whole new character. When you've already got two casts going when, when on. When you already have already. two casts, yes. you, you introduce a new character, and it's supposed to be the final film of this franchise. Supposed to be the final film of the franchise. You introduce it. her. I don't believe it. They'll, they'll wait like five years. Like, oh, by the yes. way, here we go again. But I, I understand introducing a new villain in terms of bios and like that. That's that's fine because those are whatever. You know what's going to happen in the end of the sure. film. But introduce a new character that they're trying to push as a fan favorite. I didn't care for because you already have enough screen time between the, the six in yes. terms of that. Then another one that I have an issue with in terms of how they just flip the character in a 180, which is B.D. Wong's character as Dr. Henry Wu. You have him as the villain mm-hmm. in Jurassic World Fallen whatever. Kingdom. Kingdom. I don't even care anymore. <laughs> yeah. Jurassic 5. Jura- yeah. Jurassic 5. Family still matters. Yes. Yeah. And in this movie, they he, tr- try to make him the sympathetic character. Sympathetic. They grow out his hair and he's like, I just want to do what's right for the world. Maybe show us a moment that made him realize that he's dumb. Yeah. There was no this. reason for him having no, a complete change of mind and wanting to redeem himself. 180. A complete 180 when he was a villain. He was a villain. And you just throw him into this movie, and all of a sudden he's like, oh, I just want to do one right from the way. He's whiny. 
He's a whining about locust. Oh, the, the locust destroying crops all of a sudden made you go, maybe what I'm doing's wrong. Not the whole, you know, genetically modified program dinosaurs with laser beams or the thing that just like, it's hunting for sport. None of that. Yeah. None of that. But locusts all of a sudden make you do it. Come on. All right, let's go to uh, Jeremy Gover. Uh, Your take on locusts as uh, a movie you went to go see dinosaurs, you got more locusts. Uh, What did you think about that? Well, I just want to start with DeWanda Wise's character, uh, her portrayal of Kayla Watts. She did, uh, this is one of the best compliments I can give an actor. okay? Okay. She did the best she could with what she was given. I agree. Okay? Yes, I agree. So, like, if you go back and watch Catwoman, for example, like Halle Berry is obviously an Academy Award winning actress. She's, in- she's incredible. Okay, but she was given this piece of garbage script, and she did the best she could. Yes, and the film is horrible. This is the same <laughs> ilk of that. Yes, the-, the character didn't make any sense to me. There was no that I recognized anyway. There was no kind of like reason for the personality turn she didn't seem sympathetic when you first introduced to right? her so she's yeah. she's i mean you know she looks at the girl coming out she's like she starts she, to feel bad when she sees that a child right, but, but there's no of but there's dinosaur. no mention of that if you're just supposed to assume oh like it would have been nice if there was some sort of i mean so much dialogue laying yes. out in the movie it would have been it, nice it, if there was is, some sort of line about how I was kidnapped from my parents when I was seven. And, I mean, just anything that would be like, okay, well, I, I, yeah. I get it. You know, right. I was kidnapped from right. my DNA too. They, right. Yeah, I they mean, gave her they gave her a one second glimpse in which you're supposed to. She's supposed to convey that she all of a sudden realizes this is bad after trafficking, illegal operation. By the yes. way, yes. So she's. It's anyway. I don't want to take too much time on this. The point is, I loved her acting. Her, she I was great. Was Dewanda Wise. Yes. Yeah. The character, not so much. Horrible. <laughs> yes. This is one of the things that I noticed as well, too, compared to Jurassic Park 1, the OG. Jurassic 1. We're now Jurassic 1. <laughs> yeah. Watered down. Yeah. Because you think back to 1993 and how many people we see get destroyed. Yeah. In a PG 13 movie to this, where they, all of a sudden the camera just pans away. Or that's a distanced shot of a dino eating a person. Right. There was zero... I'm not saying there has to be gore, but dinosaurs are eating people. That should be a major source of scare. There should be a little bit more of that instead of just the camera panning. It's a PG-13 film. You can get away with it because they definitely had language in this. There were seven-year-olds in my theater watching this and not one scream... Or anything, and they're yelling, was, "Give me blood!" Yeah, just Give a little bit, blood. just a little bit, because even in Jurassic World, so Jurassic, Jurassic Four, <laughs> you have second generation. You have blood dripping from the trees, yeah, from that dinosaur destroying people and everything. There's a little bit here. There's severed like limbs in the original. Yeah, yeah. there's so much. There's yeah. none of that. It felt like a watered down version because it's supposed to be a thriller, a science fiction thriller, to where you're supposed to have jump scares, and there were some jump scares, like in the dark. And everything there were some, but there wasn't enough violence on humans. I think for it to be a Jurassic Park film, they really I think watered it down to make it a little more approachable when it doesn't need to be. It's a PG thirteen film. Horror movies are PG thirteen, yes. and you see some stuff. Don, rip them to shreds. Something. I mean, <laughs> I, I want to ask you guys this because uh, to me, if the film was 
more like one part of the movie and they made the rest of the movie that exciting, we would have had a much better time. Uh, when, you know, Chris Pratt is being chased on a motorcycle by laser-induced velociraptors, I mean, it was a Jason Bourne movie. It was fun. It was yeah. wild. That was edge of your seat. Turn your brain off. It's okay. There's a chase scene. Exactly. <laughs> and they're both, you know, one's going to get onto the airplane with a jump of the motorcycle. <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah. I mean, th- that was fun. That was what I went to go see. Dangerous dinosaurs and and some real peril. And this movie just lacked us so much of it besides that midpoint in the movie. I'll take that scene and run with it. Okay. So he's on a motorcycle. Which can go, what, 80, 90 miles an hour? At least, yeah. Probably something like that. Probably. And these velociraptors can probably go about that. Laser trained. Laser motivated. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) It's like a cat chasing after it. You got velociraptors running into stuff inexplicably, and then there's... they made it like a motorcycle chase scene, like a Mission Impossible, Jason Bourne, you mentioned. Yeah. They mentioned that, but they made it with dinosaurs. The problem is there were so many air quotes for radio, close calls, yes. that it was obnoxious. <laughs> the, the the getting on the plane part, that one part in a vacuum was really cool, okay? Yes. And then the, the motorcycle comes in, hits the front, and then takes out. That was pretty sweet, all right? Fun. But in a, that's like a five-second part. Like, that's really cool. <laughs> I, I am still lost at this moment. Why the new character is helping... This couple she's never met. Are we still on My that? brain is, no, my brain is thinking that. <laughs> oh, I'm okay. like, why is she this. risking everything? Is it a really, setup? Really risking. Like, she's risking her life, her, her plane. Her plane that everything. she loves? Yeah. yeah. Like, everything. Like, why is she doing this? Like, it doesn't make any sense. So, while that's going on, my brain is preoccupied with why? Yeah. Because they haven't said anything. Because she wasn't questioning it. anything either. She wasn't questioning why. Right. She was illegally. She's like, sure, I'll. Delivering stuff, anything. We got to go. Okay. All I right. Mean, what? <laughs> I just, it's, I'm going to let the cargo door down and just let it drag along as I try to take off. So I'm sure I would have had, yeah. So I'm sure I would have had a similar enjoyment of that one scene if I wasn't busy spending 80% of it thinking about why in the world <laughs> well, is she helping. At least, at least it wasn't a seven mile runway like in Fast and Furious. <laughs> Uh, wait for the plane to take off. Uh, uh, Like, they actually had an end of the runway that they had to take (laughs) off instead of just, this scene's lasted 15 minutes. Where's the end of the runway? How long is this movie? It's an hour and a half. Okay, make it it 17 minutes. (laughs) Let's make it 17 minutes. 18. Let's go 18 for a Here's your budget. Make the dinos chase. Uh, This is a jumping off point. Uh, This is something I've noticed in the last month. I am witnessing... Plane crash after plane crash after plane crash in everything I see, and the people walk away unscathed from things that they should normally be utterly dead. Top Gun Maverick. Top Gun Maverick. All right, we see it again. When, Twice, actually. You know, DeWanda Wise's character crashes her plane into Apple headquarters. and <laughs> In ice, that is dangerous. In ice, yes. And we also had, if you've been watching Stranger Things Season 4, uh, we have, you know, people crashing in, you know, Siberia in a plane and being destroyed. But I guess that snow was soft. And everybody walks away. <laughs> I'm okay. I'm more okay with that, though, because of action movie, science fiction, whatever. I'm more okay with okay. surviving plane crash. I actually would have more of a problem with, why don't you buckle your seatbelt? 
Like, I would have more of a problem yes. with that yes. in the car. Where they, you're about to go in a chase. Just zoop, click. That's all it would take. And you feel a little safer because you know you're probably going to roll over. Click you your have, ticket. You have Ian Malcolm <laughs> driving you. Also, also. Oh, the, no, the amount of force nostalgia is oh, not yeah. like it's what we got, I think, in Top Gun or what we would get in so many other films that are nostalgic. But just the whole, oh, button that button, Ian. Like they made him button his his shirt because they're like, uh-uh. yeah. It's like okay, I mean, you're forcing that, and then the the Barbasol can being in the bio made scenes, no sense to me. Made no sense. No. Then you, you they just for- put it in there because yeah. Then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, you you know what? You know what? We're gonna make him die the same way Newman died. Yeah. And, and Dilophosaurus is just going to come in. And, Reggie. Don't forget that. Remember, we talked about that in the sorry, last part sorry. of the episode. Reggie <laughs> Dilophosaurus. So, sorry. Reggie. And it was good to see him back, by the way. Yeah, sorry. Reggie and family comes in and destroys <laughs> Biosyn, big bad guy. And it's like, all right. But, okay, I will say this, though. With Chris Pratt's character came in and basically grabbed Reggie Dilophosaurus. Dilophosaurus sorry. By the he he deserves your respect. I yeah. appreciate you using his full name. <laughs> when trying to go after Claire. Oh, that was cool. Like, that was action movie badass type of thing. Was. I was okay with that. And I'm okay with suspending belief for those types of things because it's like, ha, okay, cool. Because we thought all of a sudden, what's going to happen? Is she going to get sprayed with the, the the venom and everything too? I was fine with Notice that. he said venom and not poison because we corrected that on the Jurassic Park yes. episode. Yes. If uh, you would like to be tortured with the explanation <laughs> of the difference between pet... Uh, tortured? Poison tortured and gym. venom. Uh, yeah. Listen to one of our previous episodes yes. in which we discussed the original Jurassic we Park or me. at length. No, we all discussed it. And then you, you made just fun brought of me up that. It. Yes. The, the, one of the things that bothered me about the action, you talk about, about like how you kind of suspend belief for action movies and all that. That's fair. But what I don't like is how some of these are convenient to the character. Like it's like they kind of like, like, hey, this would be a really cool scene. How do we get him out of it? I don't know. Like kind of like that. Motorcycle yeah. sitting right there. That, right. Well, that. <laughs> so when Maisie is in that kind of like uh, iron ladder tunnel, Yes. Thing, right? And the T Rex has his this T Rex, right? Has the uh, no. whatever the whatever the other Allosaurus Allosaurus or something. Yeah. Yeah. So when when he's got his his jaws around the oh, metal. Giganotosaurus. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you, nerd. So if you, <laughs> you know just, just he just fact checked me. Which is fine, because I didn't know. But when when the jaws are around that metal wow. container and she's in there and she's screaming, she did a great job acting, by the way. When she does that, and then all of a sudden the dinosaur rips it off there, and it's like in half, and yeah. she miraculously is exposed, but hasn't moved at all. Yeah, it's like really, like that was your oh come on moment. There was one of, of twenty seven. Yes, yeah, it was. Okay. Yeah, it was not good. So it's things like that that take me out of a film. So I yeah. can suspend belief with the best of them when I'm in a, a movie That's like fair. that, in an action movie especially. But when you do that. When it's not like there's it was an obvious break before, or it was, or she maybe she's moving up while it's being ripped off, like some, something else. Yeah, I just lose all. I'm like, this is ridiculous. All right, let's transition to scores. Yes, please. For this film, Jurassic World Dominion. Oh, can I say oh, one more I, thing? I, oh, wait, yes. I thought we were going to talk about the music. You said score. <clears throat> oh, no, okay. Please, oh God. <laughs> what? <laughs> because. Justin Bradford demands it. Let's talk about the score of Jurassic World Dominion. What did you think? I enjoyed it. I mean, if there's one thing I enjoy, it's Jurassic Park music because it's just fun and it did help set some scenes more than anything else. Michael Giacchino scored it. And if there is a workhorse in movie music right now, it is Michael Giacchino. Here's the thing. Here's the movies that he is scoring or has scored just this year alone. Okay. Thor Love and Thunder. Lightyear. Jurassic World Dominion, The Batman, 
and I'll go ahead and throw in Spider-Man No Way Home. The man's a factory. Like wow. he is, he is a workhorse. Like it, that. That's amazing. That's a lot of work, especially for big time movies. So I just want to throw it to him because I, I love the music. And yes, he's not John Williams, but he is scoring some major, major films with some really well known music. When you think about Jurassic Park, having to take all those iterations from John Williams, but make it feel your own, and obviously music in Spider Man has Danny Elfman vibes from before. People always think of that from the early 2000s. The Batman, what's gonna make? What's the music going to make that movie? So just wanted to throw that out there. And Nagover's still staring at me. I don't think he's blinked uh, since I started this as well. But he's just <laughs> well, a workhorse. He's scared. He There's occasionally so yeah. where if we bring up movie scores, where, you know, we're afraid that you may not stop and we may just have to walk out of the room and let you keep going, keep going and... Come back after maybe getting a taco. Music is important. Ah. <laughs> Sounds delicious. Music man. is important. Go over what did you have to say? No, it is important. I just wanted to say one last thing, and that is that the movie, we talked about the length earlier. Yes. It felt long to me. It did. It was long, but I mean, it, it's di- there's a difference between it is long, like Endgame, for example, is like three hours, right? And it feels like 2.15. Like that's a completely different thing than... This movie is two and a half, two forty-five, whatever it was, and it felt every bit of that, if not longer. Yeah, that's a big problem. I agree. That means I totally agree. Big pacing problem. problem. You have a too much dialogue problem, as Just you've already stated. Terrible. Yes. So let's go to scores. Uh, I want to tell you scores that plural, not score like music score. I am telling plural. you about what I'm giving this movie as a rating, and I'm giving it two ratings. This made I I am two mad ratings. At, I'm mad at this movie because it made me give two different kinds of ratings. What I'm I'm now going to do, you know, summer popcorn blockbuster score, okay, okay and an actual critical review score. Well, that sounds like an excuse to me. It is. It, I am totally copping <laughs> out. Cop out. At least you, at least totally. you own it. I am owning it. At least you own it. So for some thrills and some fun and an escape from ungodly temperatures. Go have fun. Have an eight and a half. If you totally turn your brain off, oh, I'm wow. giving it eight and a half. If I give it a critical artistic merit score, which is the real score for me, Jurassic World Dominion is a five. And that's generous. I'm okay. a little generous on that one mm-hmm. uh, because I think the movie's a mess. Justin Bradford, what did you give this movie? So I don't need two scores for this one, sir. better. <laughs> but to, to throw in one final point while I'm giving my score too, the final battle between Giganotosaurus, T-Rex, and Therizinosaurus was unnecessary. And that actually pulled me out to drop the score because all of a sudden what they're doing, a team up? What is is it Transformers? Uh, I, sure. So, so you that. had a higher score going into the last few minutes of this movie? Slightly, by a point five. Okay. By a point five. Because of that, I'm, just, I'm sitting there, and it's just more and more I'm rolling my eyes. Like, the score's dropping as, as we go, kind of thing. So, for me, given the length, given the plot holes, which plot holes can be fine in the turn-your-brain-off movie, and the dialogue being bleh and everything like that, it's a 5.5 for me. Okay. Jeremy Gover. All right. What do you give this movie? Three and a half. It's Ouch. a 3.5 for me. Uh, it wasted the characters. And I mean the reunion characters. Like you're going to sure. bring back these l- legacy characters from the first trilogy, or at least the first film, and you're—that's what you give them. It's just not—it didn't do them any service. And then the second thing is they didn't know the characters, the ones they even had. It didn't feel like they knew the characters very well, inside and out. They took a lot of creative liberties 
in the story. We mentioned Kayla Watts, the character Kayla Watts, and and how she all of a sudden just she was a heel and then she turned to a baby face all of a sudden and we there was no explanation why and it just you a had to just of- assume it was because of the <laughs> child and what well, was it really is there more than like all these things are happening uh, and they didn't explain any of that when they've over explained everything else it didn't make any sense Focus. it was it was dis- yeah it was disjointed <laughs> it was way too long and I don't and it was unnecessarily long they didn't have to have they didn't have to fill out the entire timesheet to get everything in. It was just unnecessarily long. Know what you are. You're a big budget dinosaur movie, and it wasn't about dinosaurs. It was about dino locusts. It was about. Go ahead. Sorry. No. What? I didn't mean to interrupt. There was no real conclusion aside from we're going to live in harmony, except they're the real predator now, and the humans are the prey. What? Right. <laughs> yeah. It's it just there's yeah. so much wrong with this, and I feel bad for the actors. That, I'm sure they got a nice paycheck, and that's great for them. Yeah, sure. But I, but I feel bad for the actors that were that had to come back to this. Chris Pratt is Star-Lord, for crying out loud. Yeah. He's in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, A-list star, and he has to put up with this garbage. I feel bad for him. I feel bad for him. Not good is what I'm saying. Let's go some uh, feed some dinosaurs in the park. No, oh, yeah, like the little girl is feeding a dinosaur. She's going to get snatched up, just yeah. like a goose flying with the pterodactyl is going to get snatched up. That's freaking prey. You kidding me? They're not going to live in harmony. No, the pterodactyl is going to eat. Whatever's flying is a predator, it's going to eat. They're going to eat. Give me some gore. So as people probably figure out, I really enjoy Marvel, and I think most of us here do enjoy the Marvel superhero films. Love me some Marvel. Yeah, love me some Marvel. We're we're those people. We're we're the target market for it. But I believe Jim has prepared a question regarding Marvel for us. I'd like to know what is your maybe top three best Marvel movie Post-credit scenes. The scenes we all stay in that theater for because they're going to give us a little something. Mm-hmm. Give me your best ones. Uh, I'm going to say Justin Bradford. I want to hear your best, all one right. of your best ones. And the thing with these two is there's some divisiveness amongst fans on whether they prefer the goofy ones sometimes okay. or do they want the, the ones that are serious or the ones, the ones that are setting up the next film or is it a trailer because we've gotten a couple that are more trailer now like the Doctor right. Strange trailer yeah. being aired uh, with Spider-Man so it's it's very curious to see what fans like I just went for what my favorites were based on what I think it was either setting up or just made me smile and laugh Okay. so my first one I'm going to kind of go in theatrical release order Sure. with this so my first one is the Avengers shawarma scene it's top of my list <laughs> it's not even close to mine. Really? I figured yeah. we're going to have very different takes on this go-over. Yeah. <laughs> Jeremy, you don't love the fact that they've just saved New York City? Or, oh, and, I think it's great. And, and then they're all so exhausted and just shoving food in their mouth in this destroyed like little <laughs> mom-and-pop restaurant. And because they referenced it, hey, did anybody else see that shawarma place? Have you ever had shawarma? <laughs> And the fact that they serve it at Disneyland as well. Uh, they have a shawarma card at Disneyland. You can get shawarma. And it's just, it's a, it's a Funko Pop set as well, too. Yes, we have is. each one is an individual piece that connects together to yeah. make a set. So they've, they've created something even bigger out of this because they have it branded as, a, as an Avengers and Marvel thing with, <laughs> with it being in a theme park, being Funko Pop set like that. And it's just a great way to end phase one, I thought, too, because it made people laugh because what we didn't need anything else after that we just had the huge battle and we know there's more (laughs) coming with with thanos but it just was a perfect little cap on avengers i like that they're they're so tired they're not even talking (laughs) 
And we don't care. It's almost better because they're not. There's no dialogue at all. Yeah, they're just shoving. And the shawarma workers are cleaning up around them, sweeping, <laughs> trying to clean up whatever mess is there that they can't just sweep up. It's going to take a construction crew, and they have brooms. <laughs> yeah. It was, the whole place was destroyed by super beings yeah. from another universe, you know? But shawarma. Okay. Mine is Infinity War when Fury gets dusted and calls Captain Marvel. That's oh. one of mine. Yes. Is it really? The pager. The pager. So good. Because at that point, we did not know it was Captain Marvel. We right. didn't That's know. Right. We right. have to remember that so many of these things that we didn't know was not released yet that Captain Marvel like that was was going to happen in that manner. So he so, sends the pager to the page to we don't know. We didn't know at the time. We and then see we the logo looking, flash the logo, on the pager. And we had to know the logo to go and look that up. So I, that's why I really like that, too, because that's a good one. this craziness is happening. Yep. Oh, my God. Who did he just reach out to with a pager? Right. Yeah, I love right. it. That's pretty fantastic. So that's, yes. okay, that's, that's mine. Again, these aren't in any particular order for yeah. me, but that's, that's on my list. I'm, sure. I'm surprised we had overlapping. So am I. All right. Well, uh, this is Jim, and I'm going to say mine also involves Samuel L. Jackson in a... Marvel movie post credit scene. Uh, it is in the original Iron Man. Oh, okay. Because what we see is, okay, this isn't just a one-off. We're starting a universe. And so uh, I guess what that symbolizes for the rest of movie making for the next I don't know, 12, 14 years, uh, it was amazing. It's a super important post credit scene. Okay. Yes. That's a great one. Oh, yeah. It is a great one. And that didn't make mine just because, while it's great, it wasn't one of my favorites, but I I pretty much enjoy most of them anyways. I'm, just, I'm, I'm that kind of person. So, okay. Then, since we had a similar one, go over, you go. You go next. Okay. Far From Home, the Joe, Jan- Joe Jon- J. Jonah Jameson reveal. Of, <laughs> Where he says, he says everybody's uh, Superman. Yeah, Spider- Spider-Man, Spider-Man, is, is- Spider-Man is Peter Parker. And then shows his the? picture, and then it's what the, and then the credits roll. That one is unbelievable. One, because it was the return of J. Jonah Jameson. Right. That's number mm-hmm. one, obviously. Number two is... As we found out later, it literally hands off to the next film. Yes. Like, it's that scene to begin the next film, yep. and then they go from there. So, it was. it's just so great. It's so awesome. It wasn't expected. No. Uh, and it, it was just, it was really, really cool. So, uh, so J. Jonah Jameson and Far From Home. And they updated the style of that, too, to where he's like a vlogger yeah. at home in his own home oh, yeah. studio yeah. and not yeah. in some press room and everything, too. Right. At that yeah. time, he does graduate to that, right. but he's just this yeah. at-home he's YouTuber. the guy in the basement kind of yeah. Yeah, with a camera set up. And, and theories. Yeah, <laughs> and a lot of theories. <laughs> nice choice. Jim, what you got? Uh, I'm going to go with Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, Oh, but not the one that sets up the next one. Oh. I'm going to go... The beautiful muse-like partnership that Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell have. <laughs> Bruce Campbell given a spell during the movie with Doctor Strange to slap himself over and over and over and over <laughs> for the end of you know for what he doesn't even know how long, and then they cut to him after post credits, and he just says it's over, meaning his spell is over. He's not slapping himself, but he's also. Like getting meta on the movie. Yeah. The movie's over. <laughs> but I'll add another wrinkle to that. That is the lead actor in the Evil Dead movies. Yes. And in that movie, he had, in one of the movies, he had to fight his own hand. Oh! 
A level, a level I hadn't no, even... Oh, yeah, taken to another I level. He had to fight his that. own hand as a Sam Raimi movie. Yes. And he had to fight his own hand in that movie to keep it... Oh, yeah, from, that's great. And right. then, so it's a it's a nod to that as well. Oh, that's fantastic. See, that missed... Yes. It. Oh, you made it even better. It's going up higher on the list. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Justin Bradford. Bradford what do you okay, got? so since we both had the pager one, go yep. over. My third one was Captain America Winter Soldier, where at the end it introduces Wanda and Quicksilver. Leading up into Ultron. And why this means so much is because we're, we're getting mutants without them saying mutants. Mm-hmm. We're getting, uh, um, yeah. what What did they use? Uh, sp- gifts? Treasures? No. What was the word they used? Oh, my gosh. I can't even remember the word right now. But it shows Wanda with her Scarlet Witch abilities and Quicksilver running. Yeah. And they look very, well, not in the best shape right. as well. But I think they introduces a whole new era because we knew they were going to have to do something to introduce mutants in some form or fashion, but at that time they did not have Fox they, yet. They didn't have the deal. They didn't have the rights, so they couldn't say the word mutant. Fox. Yeah. Uh, so that right there, I think, was a, a big deal, especially now when you look at how big Wanda has been to the oh, MCU yeah. with WandaVision, with Multiverse of Madness. Wanda's been a huge player in this too. And as it's been discussed in multiple times before, Wanda could have killed Thanos herself. Um, it just, he was, you know, saved by Reign of Fire. Yeah. It's one of those things like, okay, yeah, there's several characters you think yeah. could have you know, taken care of them, but it yes. didn't work out that way because it would be a terrible movie. But yeah, you're right. My third and final one is Morbius. Just kidding. Oh it's my God. It's Ant-Man and the Wasp when Scott Lang gets stuck in the quantum realm. That, uh, oh yeah. Because, it's, good. because it indicates it's a handoff in a sense to it's done out of order but it's a handoff to the dusting in infinity war at the end of yeah, the connects war. them yeah it connects the two uh and uh he is then stuck in there for his resurrection so to speak air quotes for radio in yeah. endgame and it sets up ant-man and the uh quantum mania mania thank you quantum mania film as well which is coming up where we're going to get introduced to king the conqueror so it, all that stuff is in that probably what minute and a half scene yeah. mm-hmm. uh it's pretty, pretty awesome big. right it sets up how they ultimately defeat thanos which is i mean they find out like oh it's, it's time travel. time yeah is how we do it that's right yeah so yeah pretty important Nice choices. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, no, Morbius is a joke. I, I wrote that down because I want to make sure I remember it. Because that, if you have not seen again. Morbius, first of all, congratulations. Second of all, uh, <laughs> they bring back this vulture, the vulture, and do this ridiculous thing that doesn't make any sense to the rest of the film. It's almost like they had to scramble to do it. And he was in the the the, the trailers too. No, right. And so, and they save him for an end credit. So, so you put him in the trailer. There's no surprise. But, but then it's but then it, Morbius. He's asked Morbius to. He's like, hey, you want to team up against Spider Man? Sure, I'm listening. And that's the whole. It's freaking stupid. So what okay. did Morbius having in Spider Man? Right. That doesn't make any sense. Right. So that so that's why I want to make sure I put that one because it's probably the worst one, even though it's not MCU. You just triggered me, dude. I know. Sorry. <laughs> At the end. Sorry. That's what what do. are you doing? That's what I do. Why? You've known me for a long enough time. It's like you made a bad pass the blue line. Okay. <laughs> Can I bring up one more point about the, uh, the the shawarma palace scene oh, yes. in the Avengers post game scene? Uh, did a little checking before the show today. That end credit scene was filmed after the red carpet premiere of that movie. Really? They filmed it the next day, 
and wow. added it. Probably because they were all in the same place at one time is probably why they did that. Exactly. So wow. yeah, that move that so for the people that went to go see it at the premiere, the red carpet premiere, they did not see that end wow, credit that's amazing. scene. Yeah. So there you go. A nice little tip at there. Win yourself a little bar bet with that one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then check the Googles and then collect your winnings. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for hanging around with us, yelling at each other and laughing for the Untitled Film Project podcast. Look at Jurassic World Dominion. Hope you enjoyed it. Love your takes on it. I am Jim Chandler. Justin Bradford. Follow us on social media. Jeremy Kegover, and they can follow us at Untitled Film Project. And then make sure you subscribe to us on Spotify, on Apple, on iHeart, on wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Like, like, like. Comment, comment, comment. And anything you don't like about what we said, we're big boys. We can take it. Let us know your opinions. 